0: Hey my Connected fam, it is lovely to be with you again. Uh, Welcome back to another class on how to live life. Um, Today we're going to be discussing people's strengths, but I I sort of don't really want to focus on people's strengths because I think we, we can at times focus on people's strengths and then just forget that, oh no, these people are human, just like everyone else. So, yeah. Okay, and I'm going to share a story of what happened to me where everyone was like, wow, you're so strong. Okay, let's begin. So I wanted to tell you, now, for those who know, for those from my church who listen to this episode, um, they'll know when, like, they'll, what's it called, like, date stamp or stamp dated or it'll tell you roughly, like, how long ago this was, which to be totally honest... I wish I could tell you, but it was definitely, wow, it was so long ago, okay, I can't even tell you, but trust me, it was at least six months ago, so I decided I was going to discuss, Uh, all right, let me be totally honest, so I went to bed last night, and I'm like, wow, I have so many things on my head, but there is nothing that I've specifically talked with God about sufficient, sufficiently. That I would want to record an episode about. So there's a few, there's a handful of things that I've just been working through this week. Welcome to my life and my, um, my own therapy, and, but nothing where I've just really sat with God and just, yeah, like I said, I haven't talked to God about in detail and enough detail that I could sit here. Actually, no, I probably could sit here for 45 minutes and still talk about <laughs> all those things, but there was nothing that I've, I've, you know that I've hashed out with God and then I usually like to hash my episodes out with God before I actually release or record them but so I was like okay what am I going to talk about so I woke up this morning and I was like okay let me just go to an episode idea so I have an episode I have a note in my notes app I have a file opened up with different ideas of things I can discuss on the podcast I am going to tell you there is probably just at a glance 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. There's, there's, this is just me trying to roughly count it. There's probably about 60 episode ideas, things that I have thought about things that I have, usually when it gets here, I've I've, I've had a lot of time to think about it. Um, so there's about 60 episode ideas here on this little file, this document, whatever it is on, on this app. And I am not working my way through it in a very successful way because I've been sharing what has happened that particular week or whatever God has impressed on me on that week. So this list just keeps getting long, longer and I don't... And it's getting older. So, I mean, if I look at the next, the first one. um, Okay. But anyway, that is so old. Okay, so it's super old. This episode idea, which is the newest one, was six months ago. Around six months ago. So, okay, anyway, back to the idea. So, my church is really involved with our community, which I tell you, my church is such a good church. But anyway, <laughs> let me not brag about my church for the next 30 minutes. Um, but we're always involved in our church. If if we see that there is a need, my church is the first one to be like, let's do something. Um, there's a core cool group of us who have always really wanted to work with our community. And if I'm totally honest, I think... Our church, our denomination isn't well known as it is. And when and generally the people that do know about Adventism know a lot of one-sided, quite distorted information about us. Like it's not even like legit. Oh yeah, you guys actually really know us. Um, so we thought, you know what, like let's just not focus so much on running an evangelistic series because when they see that it's run by us the majority of people are going to be like nope we're not going there so we're like you know what let's just not do that we're just like let's just serve our community let's just try and be involved see what the the community's needs are and see to what extent our church can provide for those needs so anyway so we just started doing, we started doing surveys in the area of programs that they would like us to run. Um, and these are programs that we actually can run, not, oh, let's run a quit smoking. And then we're like, oh, great. We actually don't have anyone who feels like they experienced enough to take that. So now we can't run it. So we did a list of programs that our church actually was able to run, um, in terms of volunteer and in terms of experience and all that sort of stuff and then we basically just went through and shortlisted those programs that the programs that got the most amount of interest from our community and then we just started implementing them and trying to run them so we really did that focus there's a lot of like small projects that we've done we've worked a lot with our local council To help them with different programs, they invite us. um, We invite ourselves. Um, Anyway, so we're very involved in our community, and my church just has really embraced that idea of, all right, we have this amount of funds for outreach. Let's not spend that on, you know, printing out flyers to distribute throughout our town to invite people to an evangelistic series. let's, let's use those funds to create, um, so we have, like, a health meeting that we do every month, and we have done every month for six years, except for COVID year, um, so we're just really involved in those kind of projects, so the other day, it's, I mean, it's incredible how things work out, so there was this, there's this, um, a couple that I'm friends with, And they were part of a theater company club thing that was run in our little rural town. So basically, there's a lady there who organizes things. Um, She writes the script for the production. And then people from our community will just volunteer to be actors for it. I went to help these friends. I went to help them because they were help. They were trying to build like canvases for the background of the stage that were going to be painted. So I went and painted that. And there I met this lady who is in charge of that theater club. Fast forward like two months later, there's another community event and this particular lady is running it. And so we got talking again because she remembered me from when I was helping to make these canvases. Fast forward another, I don't know how many months. There's another function in, and before I knew it, I'm like, oh, this lady is involved in a lot of stuff. Like I realized, I'm like, wow, she actually runs a lot of things. She's in charge of a lot of things. Anyway, so our church attends a. We haven't been been attending it for very long, but there's like a local market that is run once a month in our community. Well, it's a little town just out of our town, and this particular lady that. I see everywhere, she runs that one. And so one of our personal ministries leader decided that she wanted to go and take, like, have like a bookstore to promote our monthly health meetings there. So she went, while we were there, personal ministries leader started talking to this lady who runs so many other programs for the community. And she just happened to mention that they were going to have a working bee at the hall where this market is run and um she wanted she was gonna they were gonna try and clean some stuff out sort some stuff out um move things fix things and our personal ministries leader, because she knows we're just so involved with our community, she's like, well, let me see if I can get some people from church to come help. And so she did. She managed to organize a whole bunch of us from church. We all went. We helped. We helped her cleaned up. Um, this, the lady that runs the market was so thankful. like She just couldn't believe how many of us turned out because we're in a small town. So if you have, if you can get two people from like one organization to come help you, that's great. But we actually had people coming like in a rotation kind of roster set up. So we'd have like six people at one time and then two would leave and then two would come and replace them. And so there was just a whole bunch of us from church there. So while we were there, we were moving stuff around and they had these really long bench seats, like, really old school, I, they, I think they're as old as the hall, and the hall would have been at least, you know, in a 40-year-old, 50-year-old hall, maybe even older. Anyway, so we're moving the pews around, and so the lady goes and asks some of the gentlemen that were working outside cutting trees down and doing that kind of stuff are some of the gentlemen from outside to come and help move some pews it was a whole stack of them sorry they weren't pews it but bench seats to move a whole bunch of them because they were in our way and we were wiping down walls and like getting the cobwebs out and I go and so anyway they go in and they're older gentlemen, so most of the people that were there helping were older people, because you could obviously, they're like, where are they going to get young people to come help? And so we were the youngest ones um, that had come, and we were in like our 30s. So they're moving the pews, one pew per two people. So it was one people, one person on one end and one person on another and they'd move the pew together, and then I was just like, I'm looking at these things, the bench seats, I'm like, these aren't that heavy, so I pick one up, I'm like, oh, okay, that's doable, it was heavy, but it was doable, and I was like, by the time we move all these bench seats, there's probably maybe like 20, yeah, maybe 15, 20, stacked, one on top of each other, all in this back corner, I'm like, this is going to take forever with these two gentlemen moving it one pew at a time, So I was like, oh, I'll just help. So I started moving the pew and one of the older gentlemen, he just looks at me and I didn't really pay much attention because I'm just like, I'm just, I just want you guys to be able to get this done as soon as possible so we can keep going with this wall. I get that done. Then there was something else that had to be moved. I can't remember. We had to move something else. And I think one I think I moved it with another gentleman or I don't know what it was, but we were moving it together, whether the two were on one end or the three of us, I don't know. Anyway, we're moving the pew and this gentleman comes up to me. He's like, are you like Xena warrior princess? Now context for this, I don't know if all our listeners will know this, but I actually don't know much of the storyline of this show, but it was like a It was set in like a medieval I don't know, like sixteenth century type I don't know what it was. Anyway, she was like a I can't even explain to you what kind of a superhero she was. Anyway, she wasn't a superhero, so it wasn't like a maybe she was. Okay, I don't know. The woman was just very strong and she would go into fight like kings and you know, on a horse and with swords and I don't know if she had like a superpower, but the woman was very strong. And so he's like, are you like Xena warrior princess? And I just start laughing because I know of the show, I know who this Xena warrior princess was, but I was just like, I've got no idea what the whole show is about. Apart from the fact that I remember she fought a lot. So she was in fights and would like get her sword out and throw men around and punch them and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, And as I was like looking at that, he was like, you're so strong. And I will say, like, I am very strong. Like, I'm not going to say, like, I'm super, super strong. Like, I can compete with a guy kind of strong. But for a girl, I am very strong. And I, I think that's just because I've always just done things that forced me to lift heavy things. With Stevie's work as well, like, I remember, so, okay, I've always dressed very dressy. Um, I've always enjoyed that. I think it's just because that was the industry that I worked in. You always had to look really good. And so I've just carried that on. Um, and so I remember I would be dressed like in my dressy clothes, uh, looking very feminine, very pretty, whatever it is that you want to, um, label it. And I would be driving my Stevie, Stevie's four wheel drive. So actually that was my four wheel drive at the time he had a ute. So I would be driving the, the four wheel drive or the I don't know if you guys, if it'd be a pickup truck for the US listeners, but it was a four wheel drive. It was a tray at the back. So it was a ute, a utility type shape. So there was, um, we had four seats and then the tray at the back because I would always be picking up materials and I would go to job sites in my four wheel drive. I'd jump out. I'm wearing my skirt and my ballet flats and my frilly shirt and with my hair all done and whatever. And everyone would be like, oh, okay, well, you know, we'll get someone to come help you out and get the material out of the car. And I would often show up at a job site with like 20, 30 bags of glue. And each of these bags is 20 kilos each. And so when you would pop the tray lid, the back of the lid of the tray, It would there would be a big gap between where the bags, because I'd always get them to put the bags at the back so that the weight of the car was just better balanced. So there was like probably like a meter and a half from where the guys would come and be able to reach towards the bags and where the bags actually were located on the back of my tray. So I would, I'd jump on the back of my tray in my flats and in my dressy outfit. And I'd get the bags from the back of the ute, from the back of the tray, and put them on half on the lid of the ute and half on the still on the tray, just so the guys could just lean over, grab it, and take it. So I would do that with 20 bags, 30 bags. And I just remember I'd shop at job sites, and the guys would just be looking at me like, wow, we did not expect that from that little lady. Um, so I've always had that people underestimate like how strong I am. So when this guy was like, "Wow, you're enormous," I was like, "I know you probably did not think I was going to be that strong because I guess my size just doesn't give for that because I'm quite short. I'm sort of a smaller body type frame. Um, anyway, and as I finished with that whole like after he, I was just laughing because I'm like, I totally got what what he was trying to say. Like you just are way too strong for a woman." I realized, you know what, it's so easy to see people for their strengths. If, if only the guy knew like how weak I am in my mind, in terms of my insecurities, in terms of like my trust issues, my lack of confidence, I was like, it's so easy for us to look at someone. And I will say like, I was like, it was a little, it was a great compliment. Like I, I, I liked people know that I'm strong because I don't like people thinking that just cause I'm a girl. And just because I'm a very feminine girl that she's obviously weak or she wouldn't be able to do anything that involved a lot of strength. So I, I took it as a real compliment. Um, but in my head I was like, man, I wish I was m- as mentally strong as I am physically strong. And then I was like, and people probably have no idea just how weak I am mentally and how much I battle my own stuff every single day. But it's so easy to see me as being strong. It's so easy for us to see people for the outward appearance. And I talked a little bit about this um, in one episode, I can't remember what it's called. I wish I could remember half of my stuff. But it was the episode where it says um, they don't need our prayers or don't pray for them. It was something like that. Um, And it's sort of continuing on from that idea that sometimes within our church, we see like the strongest people in leadership or the strongest people that do outreach. And we're like, wow, they've got it all together. And we're like, if only you knew... Like what was going on um, in their hearts, and I was listening to a sermon on um, on Sabbath on my way into Bundaberg because I had I was invited to be one of the panelists at a youth program in there. So I was driving there, and on my way there, I decided to listen to a sermon that someone had mentioned to me in a conversation that they had listened to, and so I was like, oh, let me let me listen to him because I do know this speaker, the person that preached the sermon. I do know them. I mean, don't know them really well, but, um, when my husband did arise, I met him and my husband did arise with his wife. So I went onto the Mwoolumba uh, SDA church and listened to his sermon and, um, the preacher was Ashley Smith. And And the the reason why I wanted to listen to this episode, listen to this sermon was because the person that had told me that they had heard his message said to me, oh, he, he got really emotional speaking about his parents' divorce. And this particular person was like, you know, it, it made me really see like the impact that these types of things can have on people. Like we just, we don't realize. And so I watched his sermon and He is, he he does such a great presentation of the whole thing. And then at one point, he's like talking about how his life was so predictable as a kid. Um, Everything just was Seventh-day Adventist schooling, Seventh-day Adventist church, um, Seventh-day Adventist Pathfinder clubs. Like everything around his life was so predictable. It was so comfortable. It was so safe. And then he's like, and then he just starts like getting quite emotional and he's having to pause. He's, he's not continuing on in his sermon. Um, and then at one point he just starts weeping in front of everyone and he's like, and then everything changed. He's like, then my world changed. What I had seen other kids experience, um, he's like, it came and hit me. Like I began to experience it and and then he, you know, says about his parents divorcing And as I watched that, I was like, man, every interaction that I have had with Ashley, and there's not many, so it's not like we're like tight friends or anything, but every interaction that I would have seen of Ashley, Ashley preached an evangelistic series, Ashley was really involved in outreach, like, I would have never known that Ashley's heart was still grieving what happened at that in that period of his life? I don't think anyone, and obviously I don't know Ashley very well. But I don't think anyone would have been like, "Man, I'm gonna pray for Ashley that his heart, you know, can be healed from the pain that he experienced from his parents' divorce." Like I just feel like sometimes we don't know enough about our leaders, or we don't know enough about people that we look at and we're like, "Wow, they're so confident, they got it all together." We don't realize like how much pain is in their heart, how much darkness they fight every single day. Like I know people that are in leadership and people that have confided in me um, and shared with me some of their battles, and I'm like, I'm like, wow! I don't think anyone sees you for the human element of who you are, of the trauma that you've experienced through your childhood of maybe the pain that you have going right now maybe your marriage is at its worst right now maybe you've got issues with your kids maybe your finances maybe covid has just messed with you so much that you're really struggling right now but you have to keep it all together and and you know it also touches on the stuff that I touched on with the masks that we put a mask on to to cover our reality But I guess the main focus of this particular episode, unlike the other two, unlike, you know, don't pray for them and mask, is that it's where we are very quick to see people's strengths and maybe to highlight their strengths without also being reminded that just because that is their strength, that doesn't mean that they don't have another area that that, that may be really painful for them. That might be something that... We should pray for them holistically, um, not just maybe envy or covet their strengths and be like, wow, um, <clears throat> let us really try and see both sides of what could potentially be someone's experience. Yes, they may be an awesome preacher. Maybe they might have it all together, but you know what? That that person, that man, that woman, after they preach a sermon, maybe they go back to a home that isn't what they would have liked, isn't loving, isn't caring. Um, maybe that that youth, you know, in your church who is really on fire right now and and is giving Bible studies and wants to volunteer and everything, is helping with Sabbath school maybe they're going through a massive struggle at home because maybe their faith isn't accepted. Maybe their parents aren't on the same spiritual journey as them. Maybe they have, you know, their own personal sinful battles that they face. And, um, they're just trying to keep their, their, like keep their head above water kind of thing. So yeah, I was like, I was really, I was really reminded of how easy it is to just judge people, and and I don't mean it in a negative way, so I I think sometimes whenever we say the word judge, everyone's like, oh, you shouldn't be judging, no, like, I I mean in the sense of, like, hey, we're very easy to take people at face value, and even, like, desire to have, like, their, their situation, their position, their life, Um, you know, I wish I could preach like him or her, and I wish I could you know, interact or whatever it is that we tell ourselves when we look at someone that, you know, inspires us or someone that really like, we're like, well, I want to be like that, you know, whatever it is that we see in someone that draws us, attracts us to them for that particular personality trait or that particular strength that they have as a person even though we may see that, let us not also forget that that, that person is going through life on a sinful world, just like the rest of us, and yeah, just because they may have strengths, doesn't mean that they also have an equal amount of weaknesses, and things that they battle against, and, and stuff that they're desiring, to maybe not be the part of their life or to not be something that they have to wrestle against or that their situation at home or their relationships could be better. I have time, time and experience has shown me that even the people that seem to have it all together are also the people who can often going through some of the heaviest, most intense battles, conflicts and we don't know that like we we really would have no idea, like when I've known people that have been in really prominent positions within our church, um, and you know this is talking about in Australia, but I would even say that, you know, even some people that I know a little bit more personally from um, overseas, like I don't think anyone would have any idea of the stuff that they're going through in their relationships and even in their faith walk. but because they have a podcast or because you know they're on a show or because they have like a great ministry or whatever it is that we we put as currency for, you know reflecting that you're successful or that you're doing well or that, you know, You're just spiritually strong. Yeah, some of those people have have gone through and some of them are still going through some of the hardest battles. So yeah, keep that in mind. When you see someone that you really like admire, when you see someone who maybe has character traits that you wish you had or maybe they're just really involved in certain types of ministry and outreach and you're like, man, like that's what I want my life to be. I'm like, just remember them yeah in their battles and in their humanity that they're probably going through some stuff as well and in your admiration for them may you also uplift them in prayer um that whatever it is that they may be going through um yeah that they can find relief from that that they can find an answer and that they can have a victory over those things all right that is my final point on that just because I'm a Xena warrior princess doesn't mean that there is a lot of stuff that I'm working through. And I feel like every week God is allowing me not only to overcome things, but I feel like, I feel like God is like, cool, you dealt with that. Let me show you what else you need to work through. I'm like, Oh God, like, can we just finish this? Can we just be ready for translation? God, like that would be sweet. That would be sweet. But, um, yeah yep. Yeah. all right thanks so much for joining me and until next week my prayer my hope and my desires they stay warm in God's love they stay cool for Jesus's name and may the Holy Spirit remind us That every David has his weakness. Every Moses had his weakness. Every Abraham had his weakness. And although so many of those patriarchs have set such an awesome example for all of us and the potential that God has for all of us, let us not remember that one was an adulterer, um, another one was unfaithful to God's calling, and another one was a murderer. Um, Yeah, so... We all have our stuff that we have to work through. But, yeah, with God, you know what? Let us see as he sees. So may the Holy Spirit help you to see those that you admire too um, as people who are also on a journey and they're also trying to fight the good fight and stay pure, stay righteous, and to stay committed to their God. Uh, All right, until next time, see you.